Okay, we're back. We never left. We've been here the whole time. We were just waiting with bated breath for the return of baseball, and it took us screaming and being emotional about it. But, Zach, I think we did it. It was us. (laughs) We did it. Enough bitching and moaning and complaining, and I think they just got got sick of it. It was probably the, the, the final straw was when I ripped on their press releases, and at that point, they were like, we got to get this done. And it is. We've got baseball back. Oh, not a moment too soon. What is up, dude? This is like, remember the episode of The Office, which this is, this is the only thing I can reference. <laughs> the episode of The Office where yes. Michael and Dwight think that they saved the Scranton branch because they <laughs> sat outside of David Wallace's house for 12 hours. And they, uh, remember, they're just like sitting on the curb and Michael checks his phone and has the voicemail and they think they did it. Yes, that's us right now. It's because of us. <laughs> I think everybody listened to, to your ranting and raving and they realized we need a kumbaya moment. And here we are. Everybody on the same page. Baseball is back and let the madness begin. I- I'm going to say that this is partially my fault because we get the news that baseball is back my first emotion should be excitement pure excitement and yet i'm still thinking like oh well what what did they screw up within the cba and uh of course it's going to lead to this massive free agent frenzy this trade frenzy they're going to squeeze two months of an off season into one week while spring training is actually taking place and the games happen like three minutes after they get to the complex and so it's going to lead to sort of similar to what we saw earlier in the offseason right before they hit the pause button, where it, it was tremendous. It was like that 24-hour, 48-hour period. Remember how great that was? It's going to lead to more of that. And so accidentally, baseball is going to get something tremendous out of just a complete line of bullcrap that they went through to get to this point. <laughs> Isn't that just like like the things that they get right? Are things that they stumbled into accidentally or things I wouldn't recommend. But that's partially on me because that's where my brain went. I should just be happy. I should be ecstatic considering all of my emotions earlier or later last night when we recorded and sent our Patreon episode earlier today. Well, but they're also they're going to have to compete with NFL free agency, which they normally don't. They're going to have to compete with March Madness, which their offseason doesn't usually vie with that. So it'll be different, but you're right. I mean, this is going to be a bonanza. Um, I don't know how this is going to play out, and I don't think anyone else does. I think that's why nobody has any answers. People are asking, all right, how's this going to work? Who are they going to sign? Are they going to make a trade at 7.01 p.m. on on Thursday after the lockout is lifted? I don't know. I don't know what to expect. You know, we've been shut out from front offices, at least on the record or, or legally, um, for a few months. So I, I think everybody has kept things close to the vest. I don't think teams know what other teams are doing. So it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be bad for our health, but it's going to be fun. Yes. And just like earlier today, we made it all about us, or at least I made it all about me. So it's more about us and how it impacts our lives. Uh, there's some good news to come out of this is you're still getting 162 games. Opening day moves back to April 7th. And so, you know, we did get really emotional. And it it got really difficult to follow that every day without getting emotional. And in the end, 
is the casual fan going to notice too much about what took place to get here? Thankfully, probably not. And in some ways, maybe it, it's a benefit because the opening day period is pushed back a little bit. So maybe if there is a silver lining here, everything that took place up to this moment, it's probably not going to impact things too terribly from a on-field perspective. Th- th- that will be completely noticeable. But that's not that didn't that's not what prompted the anger and the frustration and the disappointment because to me it's not you're you're right i mean baseball will start on april 7th for cleveland april 8th and it'll be status quo right you know you'll you'll pay attention to opening day and then some people won't pay attention again for a few months and you know maybe till next opening day depending on how the season goes but the main thing is it's the sport that keeps getting in its own way so that it can't take steps forward. I think that's the issue is sure. If this is just ends up being a nothing and the excitement for the next couple weeks of, of a free agent frenzy gets people interested. And then you, you parlay that into opening day. That's great. Fine. And then maybe people forget about how this all played out and we don't talk about it again for five years, but it's the fact that, a sport that needs to take steps forward, a sport that needs to make decisions to make the sport more appealing on a national level, did the opposite of that, where the only talk about the sport for the last three months was negative. So yeah. that's the frustration. That doesn't get remedied by them coming to an agreement with that, yeah, it'll have some things that make the sport more with the 21st century. Um but it's not, you know, they didn't split the atom here. And they didn't need to take three and a half really ugly, painful months to get to this point. Yeah, I didn't have to learn as much about NFTs as I did from Jeff Passon's Twitter account either. But that just added to the <laughs> the, the madness that was today. You aren't a member of the Bored Ape Yacht Club? <laughs> Somebody had sent us a tweet, said, reminiscing about how helpless I'm sure you felt sitting on a flight with no Wi-Fi, incapable of publishing a story that you're sitting on as it's all unfolding in front of you. Imagine being Jeff Passan. Your Twitter account is taken over, apparently by the same people that got our, our pal Daryl Ryder last night, and, or at least they were tweeting the same things. And so you're sitting on what could be one of the biggest stories of the year for you, and you're fighting with all of the other reporters that want to get that exact same news as you, that that the two sides have come to an agreement and you go to pull up your Twitter account and uh, it's telling us all about NFTs <laughs> instead of what's actually happening between the, the players and uh, the owners. That's great. It's, that's tremendous. It kind of worked out better though. Isn't it a better story to tell? I mean, he oh, got absolutely. his news and he got the tweet out there. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment, it's always like, Oh, my hair's on fire. Later, it's those things that made for it, it, it's fun. It's like when things go terribly wrong with the radio show where the dog barking in the background, people say, Hey, do you remember that one time where you guys were doing a show and Zach's dog just barked as loud as he could? That's memorable. That's how this goes. <laughs> it's the beauty of when we record this thing, you know, to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. We kind of have some, we, we've done a better job, would you say, of 
mapping out times to do this. And so because we now have a, a little bit closer to what a, a typical schedule should look like, we can make sure if we're going to record it at night, the, my kids are in bed or at least one of my kids is off to school. The other one is situated. The dog is ready. When we do this out of nowhere because baseball just decides that, hey, yeah, well, remember the deadlines and all those things? Well, everything's good now. We're all we're on the same page. And now we sit down and do this podcast and my kids are like, I don't know what they're doing upstairs. Your dog is uh, extremely excited about something. That's the fun of doing the show. <laughs> well, soon enough, um, I'll be in Arizona and... Instead of hearing the dog barking, you'll hear the uh, PA announcer at Goodyear Ballpark announcing <laughs> that uh, John Kenzie Noel is now playing oh, first wait. base. I'm actually like really excited about that. Like irrationally excited about hearing those sorts of things. So let's real quick, because this is not a full length show. We don't have time for that today. This is just a immediate reaction sort of a thing. Let's run through some some real quick notes about this. And there's been tons of reports. I'm just grabbing this off ESPN to give them the proper credit. But we've got spring training opening up tomorrow. (laughs) And the mandatory report date is in a couple of days, the 13th. The games start on the 17th. Hey, nice to see you. You're in the starting lineup tomorrow. Free agency to begin immediately once the CBA is ratified. And that's 7 o'clock tonight, right? Is that the latest? Yeah, probably about the time we finish recording this. Yes. Okay. So we'll be back when the Guardians sign Michael Conforto in a few minutes. Uh, Playoffs expand to 12 teams. You hate that. No, I like exclusivity. I can live with 12. 12 is fine. I thought 14 created a really watered down product, completely made the regular season pointless, encouraged teams not to put in any effort or money in the offseason. But other than that, it's great. (laughs) yeah 14 would uh, that's too much to me with with the way the league is set up now expansion in the future maybe that changes things but i'm i'm interested to see because a lot of these things you don't know how how everyone is going to react to it until it actually develops right like we can have theories about what it's going to do to teams that are in the the middle that maybe would be considering I'll just sell off some pieces because uh, maybe I'm a playoff team, but I'm not really there. So you expand the playoffs, you think, well, that'll give those teams that were thinking about selling more reason to buy, right? It makes the league overall more competitive. I'm skeptical that it's that easy. I don't know. It just happens overnight like that. The thing that's interesting is it's it's a number of things, right? Because you're going to have so many new wrinkles to the sport over the next couple of years, right? You're going to have increase in expanded playoffs. You're going to have, um, the new schedule. So you're starting in 2023. You'll, you'll play every team once at least once American league and national league. So you'll play fewer games within the division. So for the AL central, which is on the up, but I mean, I, I think it's going to be pretty competitive here moving forward. But it hasn't been lately, so um, it'll just present a a new element to things. And then you think about the rule changes that are coming with the pitch clock and the lack of a shift, which could make certain hitters or pitchers more valuable 
Um, so there's just so many things to juggle and we'll get some of this spread out a little bit, but uh, I mean, a lot of it's coming so quick that it, there's going to be a huge adjustment period on many fronts. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about the the CBT to the the ex- expected to begin at 230 million and grow to 244 million. I think that's probably that's better for the top tier free agents, right? I I don't think that has maybe I'm missing missing it here, but I don't think that has a big impact on those mid tier free agents. And the top tier free agents were already doing pretty well, so I don't know if the intention was on the players' part. We need got to get that increased because that leads to more jobs for the veteran players that have been overlooked for the past several years. Do you think? increasing that ceiling a little bit is going to lead to more jobs for them? Or is it just going to be about the top tier free agents that we're going to get paid anyway, now have a better chance of landing in New York or LA instead of, you know, waiting for one of the other teams to step up. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think about there's such a disparity between the elite free agents and everybody else. I mean, think about Juan Soto. Like he's going to hit free agency in a couple years at, I think, 26 or 27. I mean, what contract is he going to get? 12 years, 500 million, something insane like that. So <laughs> still underpaid. <laughs> so think about, first of all, how many teams would even consider something like that? And then are these teams going to have to you know, it's obviously going to be the big markets, but are those teams going to have to clear space to fit in the CBT <laughs> or are there certain teams that just don't care about the various yeah. penalties and you just blow through it? I don't know. I mean, it's so much, so much of baseball hinges on the owner's appetite to take on risk, to incur penalties, to have to pay Extra taxes and whatnot. Um, so I think everybody's different, you know. The Steve Cohen's probably willing to do a lot more than the Wilpons were, even though it's the same market. I think this is something we talked about, too. You would have probably got more of the increase in competitiveness from in or, or establishing a salary floor than raising the ceiling because the teams that are up near the whatever the ceiling is you know they're okay a few more million here and there that's not going to increase the competitiveness of the sport and I don't think that really makes teams start to spend more in free agency or turn to those veteran players we were just talking about it would have been more appetizing if you're considering less tanking and all the things they're trying to do through a draft lottery, which, as we talked about before, I'm pretty skeptical about it changing too drastically about how teams uh, sort of go about their rebuilds. But I think the salary floor would have been a pretty good idea to force teams like Cleveland. You got to spend X amount of dollars. You you can't just sit back and 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 not spend any money. And you can say, oh well, you're waiting for the the window to open again. If you just put it in place that, that nope, that's the the rule is you have to spend 
a certain amount of money, then the owner either has to decide to spend that amount of money, or if they can't afford it, they got to find somebody else to own the team. So I think that would have had a more uh, drastic change on overall sport competitiveness than anything that happened with the current CBA. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I don't think the CBT increase is going to do anything for competitive balance. I think it's just is what it is, honestly. I think the the thing with the salary floor too is think about the teams that embark on these just painful rebuilds, like the Orioles, what the, the, the Tigers have done, what the Astros and the Cubs did. What reason... It, everyone goes through down years, right? And sometimes you have to recalibrate and you have to tear it down and, and build it back up. But when you do it to that degree, where your fans know you are going to stink for like six or seven years, and there's no guarantee <laughs> that you make it back, right? What, why am I buying a ticket? You have to give me some reason. And so I think maybe an unintended consequence of that salary floor would be those bad teams, even if you don't want to win, even if you don't want to put a winner on the field because you are rebuilding and you you need the higher draft pick and um, you just want to sort of wait your turn before you you really turn it up and, and jockey for a playoff spot you're kind of forced to give fans a reason to be interested, right? Because you're going to have to sign a free agent. You're going to have to trade for someone who makes money. You're going to have to do something. You can't just throw 26 guys out there who you're paying the minimum and they're just placeholders until you know, you're, you're ready to, to get real major leaguers in there. Well, this is all stuff that we're not going to get figured out tonight. And uh, as much as my kids screaming from upstairs and your dog want to help us figure these things out. This is not going to get done tonight, but we <laughs> wanted to jump in real quick with everybody and uh, give you something, something tonight to, to, you know, look, to start to look forward to what's going to be happening in the next few days. And like I said, we might be back here in the next five minutes to uh, do something that has to do with, uh, can I say one other sort thing. of free agent move or trade? Yeah. The balance schedule that starts in 2023 like I've been preaching for this for years because it's never made sense to me that you can beat up on a crappy division, win 86 games, clinch a playoff spot, and then someone in a tough division wins 97 games and they don't make the playoffs, right? That's never made sense to me. But also, I think you help I think that can be a, a positive for promoting the game. You know, Fernando Tatis might come to Cleveland once in his career. But now he could come to Cleveland every other season. Ronald Acuna may play in Cleveland once a year. Or once in his career. And now he may come to Cleveland every other year. And Jose Ramirez, nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows that he's really good. And now he gets to go play in Denver and he can go play in Miami and he can go play in St. Louis places that he doesn't play in very often. And those fans in those cities can learn who he is and watch him play. Why did it take so long? Like, like these are the things that the league needs to think about. 
like it's it's such a regional game and I, I mean you know it like man that third trip to Detroit in like late August like you've seen these guys 15 times already I love Slow's barbecue believe me <laughs> but I can only eat so much brisket okay and so that not sounds like a I challenge. mean how many how many how bored are fans when it's it's the Royals again this weekend come on so you get to see more of the league. I, that has it's. I understand wanting to place emphasis on divisions, and it also helps cut down travel some. But like they're taking chartered flights, like it's not a big deal. All right, you screw the writers, nobody cares. That's fine. We'll deal with it. We get to see cooler cities. <laughs> yeah, but I just uh, this is yeah. so long overdue. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot more that I'm looking forward to discussing with you, and let's do it coming up next week. But uh, thank you for making time for me, and thank all of you for being here with us. And we'll be back uh, next week at some point to uh, give whoa, whoa, more whoa, whoa, thoughtful whoa. opinions on all this. What? Next week? We got Conforto tonight, Olsen <laughs> tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, Brian Reynolds tomorrow Late afternoon. That's right, yeah. That's right. Jose Ramirez, contract extension after that. A lot of emergency podcasts coming up. All right, I'll see you at 845, okay? (laughs) All right. See you guys later.